It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5. Quitting time on your Wednesday, 5.01 here on Fan Run Radio, and it's time for the Top 5 at 5. Tucker Harlan graces us with his presence once again. Tucker. Thank you, Russell. At number one, number five, Tennessee begins SEC road play with a trip to Starkville to take on Mississippi State in Humphrey Coliseum. Bring it on, Bulldogs. Tip-off is at seven, and the game will air on SEC Network. Mike Morgan, Mark Wise have the call. Vols are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This will be Rick Barnes's 1,200th game as a head coach, making him the 13th individual to reach that mark. Third active coach to do so. Wow. How about that? What's tonight for you? Do you know? This is practice. Oh, okay. We're talking about practice. I thought maybe they gave him the Wednesday nighter. Not a game. Practice. At number two, the requests for interviews are beginning to file in for the Tennessee Titans job. Uh, Some names to keep an eye on here. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. Raiders interim head coach Antonio Pierce. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald and Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. You know, at this point, I think it might be just in the interest of saving time and tell us who the Titans have not reached out to. But it was going to take too long to try and trade Vrabel. <laughs> yes. Too much work. Yeah, too much going so on. So we're going to yeah. interview 50 people in the meantime. Brilliant. At number three, the Chicago Bears have parted ways with offensive coordinator Luke Getze, but are retaining head coach Matt Eberflus. Eberflus is 10-24 and 24 in two seasons with Chicago after spending the previous 13 years as a defensive assistant in the NFL, capped by a four-year stretch as the Colts DC from 2018 to 21. The offense showed improvement this season, but was ultimately not good enough for Chicago to move forward with Getze. Forward. Cornbread. What do they do? So they're keeping Eberflus. They're keeping Fields. I'll tell you what they're going to do. Keep on sucking. Keep on <laughs> sucking, 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 sucking. What? Come on. Do they trade out of one? No, not yet. They take Williams? I would. I sure would. Stack them. Why not? What if he doesn't want to go there? Because he said if he doesn't want to go somewhere, then, you know. Worked so well for the Cardinals when they drafted Kyler Murray a year after draft. Who did they get? The guy oh, from UCLA? Rosen. 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 Mm, the Rosen one. Yeah. Chosen yeah. Rosen. What's that guy doing now? Nothing. But all, all, all the <laughs> mistakes BMWs ahead of him, you know, that were drafted, you know, those guys were just so much more qualified for their jobs than him. Yeah. I keep wondering if the uh, if Washington's going to go after Williams. Washington. Washington. He's a Washington native. At number four, former New York Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale did not resign on good terms Monday. Angered that the team was firing two of his closest lieutenants. Martindale cursed out Coach Brian Dayball during a meeting Monday. The New York Post said that Martindale said his piece, got up, slammed the door, and walked out of the building after the fired outside linebackers coach Drew Wilkins and defensive 
assistant Kevin Wilkins had been fired. Pretty awesome. I want yeah. that story, but the Vrabel version <laughs> was strunk. Like, I want to know what happened in that room. Yeah. yeah. I, well, apparently he walked out, and as of this morning, I was reading about this, they hadn't heard from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was I, Monday. I, he, he cursed off the boss, left, and like they, they don't even. I th- he I've, went back to Florida. He I, went home. I've heard the resignation is informal to say the least. He just didn't even clean, take his stuff with him. Keep it. Maybe he could pull Deuces. a Costanza and just show <laughs> up and come back, act like nothing's wrong, just like not get fired. Yeah. Didn't you quit? He, Me? No. No. <laughs> Was that wrong? And finally, at number five, a 26-year-old man who tried to sell what he claimed was a walking stick used by the late Queen Elizabeth has been sentenced for defrauding mm. eBay buyers. Drew Marshall from Hampshire in southern England claimed he was a senior footman at Windsor Castle and that the proceeds from the sale of the, quote, antler walking stick would go to cancer research. Total the, con, man, huh? Yeah. Mm. The auction pretty had, good con, though, when you stop yeah, to think about it. He had reached 540 pounds before he canceled the listing after learning police had launched an investigation. So he just found some walking stick. It's like, yeah, it's the queen. She used it in 1961 up Balmoral. Uh, She was out hunting. It was her favorite walking stick. He bought it at Academy Sports. And proceeds go to cancer. So when you were watching the show, show, The Crown, were, were you surprised that she's kind of a hill jack? The whole family is? They're outdoorsy. For just rolling around and mucking out, just in the but they, muck. Uh, but it was very like uh, gentrified. Yeah, but well, they, they first they own all the land. Yeah, they walk and like somebody else will set it up for them. They they're not out there gutting the beast that they kill. <laughs> it's like somebody's like a queen, the queen, a, a queen. We've a, killed a, you a stack. <laughs> We've got our, they, well, they'll send the deer, and I think they pull the trigger, but. Back to the Range Rover, shall we? Yes. Thank you, Tucker. That is the top five at five. It is brought to you this afternoon by Knoxville Smiles, where I go for all my dental work. They do great work at Knoxville Smiles. Dr. Steve Malone and his staff absolutely get it done at Knoxville Smiles. You can give them a call, 865-539-1776. Set up your appointment or just go online to KnoxvilleSmiles.com as always. Tell them Fan Run Radio sent you. Coming up in just a mere matter of moments, Tony Vitello joins the program. We'll get updated on his offseason whereabouts. And season just around the corner, about a month away, Tennessee begins the quest for Omaha in Dallas. They play a couple of Big 12 teams down there in the Rangers Stadium. And... um, a full slate of SEC games. I'm going to ask him, uh, hopefully, about the stadium. It's coming along, looking good. Can't wait for the first, you know, th- big three-game series at home where it's packed up and rowdy and stadiums more enclosed and all that stuff. Going to be a fun season. Hey, we got to go to the breaking news desk. Uh-oh. Let's go to the Fan Run Breaking News Desk. coming from Chris Lowe with ESPN. Nick Saban is retiring. Sources tell ESPN. What? Miss Chris Lowe was 
almost 70,000 followers followed by all our buddies. Can you imagine being Paul Feinbaum right now? And as 28 seconds go, Saban has just informed the team that he is retiring. Wow. Talk about throwing a stick of dynamite in the last hour of the show. That, oh, that d- deserves another one. The funniest thing is that Chris Lowe, if you've ever read his tweets, he's very thorough and very wordy. And this is just how fast can I type this out and make sure that I'm the one that breaks the news? What a, what a scoop. Dang. Holy smokes. See ya. This is shaking things up, isn't it? Well, who are they going to get? <laughs> oh, come on, Russ. Hold on. Sound the horns. I mean, they, they're out of practice. They have done this in a while. Can you minute. imagine how insane these people are about to get down there when they go through a coaching search in the internet age? Roll down tide. You know what? I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here thanking God, boys, that we got him. We got him last year. Yep. Well, wow. And the other place my thought goes to is like, who can we poach off their roster? If Kiffin takes that job, can we take, you know, do they have anybody? Like, who are they going to get? Lane seems to really, really want that job. Oh, he if would, he would yeah. crawl there. He from tweeted out something this morning. He, uh, I mean, he's been cryptic, like, ever since he's gotten the Ole Miss job that he, you know, may, may want that job. I don't, think the they, I, don't, I don't think they'll hire him. I, yeah, I, I don't know if they would, but he would take it. Yeah. Oh, he would 100% take it. But, I mean, the next time he wins something that, as you say, that means something will be the first time. Well, who, I mean, Sark probably isn't going back there. No. I mean, who are, who are the other options? Kirby's not going back there. The shine's off Dabo, I think. I don't think they – unless they fall down their board, which is not impossible. I mean, it's obviously a great job, but who's going to want to follow him? I don't wow. know Dabo does kind of make some sense. Like, it just seems like it's going poorly for him. It if does. He, it if does. he wants to restart the clock and, like – you know, maybe upgrade some court. You know, he doesn't have to take everybody with him sure. from there. Hey, you know what? There are three morons that coached here that have all been on that staff at some point. Mm. Not just him. Doolander. Dooley is still there. Butch kicked the tires on Butch. <laughs> <laughs> Butch Jones is ass. I, I never thought we'd see the day. I figured it'd be like a. a his brain floating in some liquid with a robot calling the plays. Can you imagine the fine bomb show right now? I'm jealous. I'm not. I'll go back and listen to it later. Oh, it's a meltdown. Nick Saban's watch has ended. Six national championships at Alabama. The troll. Roll down tide. Scurries off in the night. Boys, the stars are aligning for one Josh Heupel. It's our time. The time is now. Someone said the Titans should make the call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retiring to go to the Titans. Who are I mean, I, I'll go ahead and say it. Pete Carroll's available. Yeah. What are you saying? He's got a car dealership in Nashville. He's from Saugatuck. He does. Uh, 
nothing makes me happier than how happy the he's from Saga Tuck drop makes Tucker Harlan. He loves it. Oh, it's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> it drop. only it, puts Jones is. It only happens like once a week or so, but uh, Tucker, uh, that that was the highlight of Tucker Harlan's week was just hearing he's from Saugatuck. You got to wait another week. Wow. End of an era. Good riddance. I mean, congrats and all that, whatever, but mm, won't miss him. Hey, I mean, did is, you, oh, is there ahead. anybody else we're missing in there? I mean, Look, still a little early for the hot boards, believe me. I've already looked. Um, DeBoer. Oh yeah, we get we got to do it on our own for sure. DeBoer. Who? Oh, Kalen DeBoer. Eh? I mean, it, Harbaugh. <laughs> it seems like that'd be a a a big move for him. But I mean, I'm astounded by his his overall record. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, that would be funny if they went all in on Harbaugh. <laughs> what about Urban Meyer? Urban. I mean, they don't care about all that other stuff. It is Alabama. No. There are some bad coaches off that tree, though, other than the ones that coached here. Billy Napier, Mario Cristobal. Yeah, his coaching tree is a straight line, man. It's 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 barren of, of really any decent fruit. The saving tree. And he's indirectly off Jimbo's, the Jimbo's tree. Jimbo's available. That Napier's killing it in Gainesville. Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp's available. <laughs> he is available. I don't think and that's going to move the needle for back to is uh, Belichick. That Belichick tree's not the – if you look at that, there's more duds than – Bill O'Brien. I'll tell you what, like, if, if I'm them, and just this is my, my – after talking about it for literally two minutes with you guys, the brain trust here, I, Kiffin is probably the best, the best guy that we've talked about in terms of fit, and he, like he's in his prime and everything. He didn't want anything, but, I mean, I, I think even – Born on third lane could I mean yeah, surely he could compete there. He, we probably would never beat Alabama again, but they'll they'll lose a lot of games they shouldn't lose with Lane Kiffin. Why would we never beat them again? Because Lane just got some kind of mojo over us. We've played him once, and we got robbed. Yeah, it always comes up roses for him when it comes to screwing us over. Right, Let him a, hire. That's some battered Vol fan syndrome thinking right there. That would be pretty wild after he's gotten that Grove collected to go all in on this next year with Ole Miss and then just to leave him high and dry. You think he'd try and – and he, he wouldn't be taking a whole lot with him because Alabama's loaded. They're going to need all that. True, but they'd probably lose some too. He, I mean, I think he could pluck a couple of players. Boy, how, you know, do, how do you think Hugh Freeze this, feels right now? Say, like he is million, living the dream today. Like a million dollars. Hit the damn Jimmy drums. Hugh Freeze banging the Jimmy drums naked on Toomer's Corner right now. He's having <laughs> yeah. a day. Got the prayer candles and incense lit up. The right reverend. Is living right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, they're probably going to roll it right now over there, just knowing that he's fired. That's a huge win for those may have, fans. May have booked himself a ten thousand dollar night call, girl. That's a good point. I bet you they yeah, will. They will. They will definitely. They're on the go way to tumors right yeah. now. Stay with us. The drive continues. Tony Vitello coming up next, right here on Fan Run Radio. The drive.
he's got to go get his Nintendo. He can't sit in here and listen to his old man do the show. He's got to have that. I thought he was going to sit up here with me and See, uh, I told you, you can get watch how this stuff works. Switch. Oh, he doesn't care about this stuff. He's got some Smash Brothers to play. We welcome you back. It's the Drive Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear Tucker Cress chilling with you on a uh, chilly Wednesday afternoon, and we welcome special guest into the show. He is the head baseball coach at the University of Tennessee, Tony Vitello. Coach, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Thank you. I'm doing well. I've been living on Easy Street watching uh, guys like Zakai and Nico take care of the balls, but uh, ready to get back to work, so maybe we can contribute here in a little bit. Oh, man, we can't wait. And, Coach, before we get uh, your thoughts on the upcoming season, got to get your thought. Have you seen the big news that just dropped 10 minutes ago, first of all? <laughs> I, I did. I got a text, and I didn't believe it, and then Coach Elander was running up and down the halls. <laughs> Uh, you know, Adam Lowe, uh, who's related to Chris Lowe, actually works here. So we were able to kind of confirm that deal. And uh, if anything, Tennessee football just got a lot better, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's – The uh, witch is dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about a bombshell going off here in the world, not just college football, but sports world. I mean, obviously, you know, Tennessee fans might not want to hear it, Coach, but, I mean – he is one of the all-time greats. Six national championships, I guess seven total for his career. And um, I don't know. I, don't, I know lots of coaches take inspiration from, you know, baseball coaches will borrow from Lombardi or Phil Jackson or something like that. Is there anything that you've taken from Coach Saban in your career? Yeah, no, we have. And I think recently the biggest thing we sent our guys was, you know, high achievers, Yep. And low achievers consistently don't coexist. And, um, you know, m my dad was like that. When, when you've got someone that's got as high as standards as he does, and he probably was more on the, you know, the old school coach is kind of um, phasing out, I guess is the best way to say it. But he probably trended more on kind of the old school dictator, Bobby Knight type deal. And uh, really what those people are doing are just trying to hold you to a higher standard and hold you accountable and, um, that can rub people some some people the wrong way. And then, of course, as a rival for us, we don't like anybody that's coaching at Alabama. But when you have that much success, uh, whether it's him or Tom Izzo at a rival school or someone like that, as a sports fan, you have to respect and show appreciation. And what he did, it'll be very tough for anyone to ever rep replicate. Well, and as a coach, you have to analytically look at it and say, all right, what's he doing, right? What's the secret to his success how is he so much more successful than everybody else? It can't all just be cheating. <laughs> and we got to figure we got to figure <laughs> no, out what but, yeah. But I will say this, sports fans um coaches will look at circumstances more than fans. Fans don't want to hear it. It's just win. I don't care if the Yankees have a bigger payroll, beat them. And in reality, um there's different circumstances for everybody. And Alabama is a place that's set up to have success. I don't know who's coaching at Wisconsin now in football, and I don't have any disrespect, but when was the last time Wisconsin wasn't good at football? And, uh, you, know, you know, maybe they didn't have a great year this year, but it's just a place that's set up to have success for football. But to take it to the level he did is, is pretty extreme. So, um, again, circumstances is big. Uh, man, may, uh, may the good spirits of, of sports be with whoever has to follow in his footsteps because 
those circumstances will have some positives, but they'll have a lot of negatives too. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of hoping they hire a clown myself. I mean, just really botch <laughs> this thing. Hire, hire, hire somebody that they're going to have to fire. Let's start that revolving door of coaches down there at Alabama. How, see if we can run three or four guys in, uh, through there the next 10 years or so. I'm good with that. I'm good with that for <laughs> sure, especially since they're our like opponent now. Absolutely. Well, uh, coach, it's good to hear your voice on the show. Uh, first time we've talked to you this year. You know, I, I talked to your people last week. They told me you were out of the country. Now, Coach, we know you're a, a styling, profiling, jet-setting, jet-flying, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, son-of-a-gun. Where have your travels taken you this offseason? Um, you know, I went to quite a few places. Um, I went to Brazil. Oh! Um, and uh, I did uh, Ireland and London and then um, Mexico a few times. A uh, couple different spots in Mexico, and then uh, did a did a trip close to Yellowstone that was a lot of fun. So um, I got I bounced around as much as humanly possible, and at the same time got some time in Missouri with my family. Uh, I think part of what allowed me to do that is the peace of mind that our support staff works so hard here, and everybody's always got whatever they're in charge of. And then, two, our guys showed willingness to commit to what we got going on here in the first semester, and you can point to our 3.5 team GPA we had. Um, so I, I felt more comfortable doing that stuff than I ever did, so I, I did more than I have, I've ever done. Nice, nice. Uh, I did see a picture going around of you riding horses with Bryce Harper yesterday. You guys look like you're in a rodeo or something. <laughs> I wish. Uh He's a lot more athletic. He's a lot more than me in a lot of things, but he was more aggressive at doing some uh, some tricks of the trade with with horses. For me, just getting on there and staying on there is uh, satisfying for me. But that is something I really enjoy. And uh, again, maybe as you get older or got a little more organization in your life, you can you can try and get better at stuff like that or golf or whatever it might be. But uh, that's something I'd like to learn how to do a little better. It's a lot of fun. Really, you're dabbling in equestrianism i, I just butchered that however <laughs> I said, yeah. to a very 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 small degree okay all right sounds good we all got to have uh new hobbies coach uh the fun and games must end sometime soon i suppose the season starts for y'all next month when does practice begin for you guys that, that's a confusing question to answer you know all my buddies i see over the break when do the guys report when do you guys start up and and our rules are a little I don't know what to say because I don't want to get fined or anything like that, but it's just kind of kooky how we have things set up. Um, we cannot do anything formally till school starts. Well, everybody's school starts at a different uh. time. Um, and then eventually they put in a date. January 15th is the date. Even if you're not in school, everybody can start doing some things, but you can only do it a limited amount of hours because we're not, quote-unquote, in season. And then I believe it's like January 23rd. I don't even, you know, we're one day at a time around here. But later in the month, we'll finally be able to fully open things up. So all the guys are here. They're lifting under Q supervision. They know what we expect them to do, but it's it's kind of crazy. We're all ready to go full speed, uh, but you're not allowed to if you're playing it by letter of the law. This time last year, I think you guys were ranked like number two or something, and you know, we saw a preseason poll last week that had you guys ranked number 11. And I think it speaks, Coach, to the status of the program where, like, we actually felt disrespected. <laughs> we were kind of pissed off, quite frankly. Uh, 
I get the feeling you're much more comfortable though being one of the teams that has to climb as opposed to where were you where you guys were at the top of the flagpole last year. Yeah, well, I mean, you're the one that broke the news to me, so that honestly is the first I'm hearing of it. Usually John Wilkerson kind of lets me in on what's going on, but um yeah, we'll take whatever we got. I think what has was said to the team at some point is our program is kind of in a new place. Um, and last year was a big, big year for a lot of reasons. Um, and I think, you know, NIL crap led to a lot of headaches for us and honestly made us worse. And you could argue maybe Nick Saban's retiring a little earlier because of that stuff, but I'll mm. leave you guys to discuss that. Um, but, you know, I think last year was the kind of the final year, the biggest draws we were overrated because they were kind of overcompensating for maybe underrating us the last few years and and now i think we're going to get what we deserve there's going to be teams that want to beat us we have high expectations uh we'll get big crowds here at home but they expect us to win uh, i think we're, we're kind of in a more settled environment in one where maybe we have less distractions in my opinion um or at least that's the way it should be for our players so we'll try and enforce that around here yeah, D1 Baseball, which I believe that's the publication that had you guys ranked 11th last week. I saw today they ranked your transfer hall as the third best in the country. Uh, Peebles, Billy Amick, Nate Sneed, Bargo, Casey, uh, Causey, and Chris Stamos. How big of an impact do you see those guys having this year? Um, a really big impact. I mean, we still are kind of – you know, this freshman class was the first really, really strong class where we beat out a bunch of other SEC teams or we got guys from all across the country that we really liked. Uh, we'll see how they perform on the field. But um, it was kind of our first class we were able to get after we had won some games. But until then, it's kind of just been a scramble around here. How do we just get a good roster? And, in, <clears throat> excuse me, in 22, things kind of exploded, and we ended up, you know, playing better than maybe we expected us, you know, to do, but also lost more guys than we expected. Um, and I think we're still reeling from that a little bit, trying to solidify some spots, get some depth, have leadership. And those guys are going to be that solidification, in my opinion. I mean, I think we're as balanced and, and have as much depth as we've ever had. And there's a good amount of experience uh, and yet some new guys that are willing to contribute guys who have experience in college baseball but not in this program, with this program. Um, you know, you got guys like Kirby Cannell and, and Ethan Payne that have been here forever and are like two extra coaches for us. So there's a, a really strong balance. But those guys are going to be a huge part of what we do. We wouldn't be able to have a successful season without them, for sure. In regards to Stamos, I think you broke the news with us last time. John Stamos' son, he probably doesn't even get that <laughs> reference. Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. We're trying to get the Olsen twins to sign for our first. If, if we can get them to sign for our first pitch banquet, I got to believe we can raise a little extra money for our program. Well, I was just going to say, like, can we get Jesse and the Rippers to play before the first home game, or would you feel would that make you feel too threatened, Coach, by Uncle Jesse perhaps usurping you as the most handsome man in Knoxville for his <laughs> visit there? No, he wins that in a landslide, and yet I think um, every male that's interested in, in, in kind of what he would bring would be happy. Uh, <laughs> the, the type of crowd he would bring, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. be an exciting I gotta, atmosphere. I, I got I try not to be the guy that dances around stuff, but these days you better dance around about everything you're talking about. Ladies' night at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. It's going to be rocking, there you go. fellas. You, you said it. You said it. 
Coach, uh, going back to something you said a moment ago, the NIL thing and how that caused headaches last year, I, I know you can't get into all the specifics. Uh, maybe you'll write your book someday, but were there any lessons learned from that last year that you're kind of like, well, this is something we won't do again, or maybe this is something we'll do in the future instead? Not really. I think some of it was out of our control. I think being upfront, and uh, sometimes it seems like it's not the best thing, or again, you do dance around things. Uh, but I think being upfront with everybody um, helps. Uh, but sometimes things are out of your control. And these days, somebody can report, you know, so and so lives at a specific address, and enough people believe it. That's it's almost like it's a fact, even though it's not. And um, you know. I think some things out of our control kind of spiraled, and again, it had a domino effect, and next thing you know, this happens, that happens, and then this guy believes this. And um, I spoke with an administrator today who's since retired. He's, he's not working at a school, but you know, he really thought it'd be good if collectives got together and actually kind of shared information so you can cut through some of the BS or the rumors that are out there um, with, with a lot of topics, not, not just NIL, but that one in particular is one where it's tough to tell what is the truth and what is a dollar? Does a dollar mean you're giving me a dollar now, later? Do I, is it a certificate to get a smoothie? Um, so, yeah, I, I think a lot of that stuff was out of our control, and I think just the whole year was a learning experience. But to go back and say we did one or two things, you know, way wrong, I, I don't think that existed. Last year coming in, you guys were, were pitching heavy. Hey, you got all these pitchers and, and the hitting will come along. Uh, this year feels like maybe that dynamic is flipped a little bit. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, Coach Anderson always does his things with the pitchers, um, not just here, but at any university he's ever been a part of. Um, I think offensively we've had success here, regardless who the personnel are, and, and sometimes it's a little more than, than others. I think a big challenge for this team is to play defense so that our pitching staff improves. And uh, regardless of how good these bats are, uh, maybe they're not as good as the 22 lineup. You buy yourself more room for error um, if you're playing better defense. Um, and, again, when, when we first started this whole thing, Coach Anderson was the first hire, and it, it was all about how do we build this thing around throwing strikes and playing defense. And um, that's not what ends up on Sports Center or what you guys talk about the most, but it, it has kind of been our rock, and I think it's more crucial than ever this year for it to be our rock. Um, cause we don't know. I mean, right now it does look like, yeah, offense good. Who's going to play where defensively? We should be all right. But who, again, maybe you got an extra, you know, more offensive kapow at a position and not as much defense. Um, and then the pitching is, you know, there, there's not as big names or holy cow, this guy's stuff is incredible. Um, but again, coach a does his stuff. So we won't know till the season gets rolling and eventually till this whole season's complete. But I think if we play strong defense and find a good or proper eight guys to be out there doing that, it makes the offense and the pitching better, obviously. Along those lines, how is the SEMO at shortstop experiment going? Are we still calling it an experiment, or is that something you can commit to? No, I think it's almost like a uh, – and I'm going to speak for the whole staff and then even him as a leader. I think it's filed away in a, in a folder um, to be used when needed. And I don't see him being the opening day guy there. I do see him being there at some point during the season because of one set of circumstances or another. But what he did in the fall was show scouts during his draft year that he literally can play anywhere other than catch. 
Um, he actually was a pitcher first when we first started laying eyes on him recruiting-wise. So um, he's athletic enough to play that position. He learned a lot about that position. He challenged himself in the fall where a lot of guys that know they're going to start um, kind of take that fall a little too easy as they get older as a junior or senior. Um, and then again, for us as coaches, we know he's one more option out of honestly about four or five uh, what I feel are good options. Now the, the fans halfway through the year may be like, we just wish we had one superstar at that spot. Uh, but I think right now we feel like because of SEMO's efforts there, uh, we have more options than we've ever had at that spot. So is he back to second? I know he's played some left field he's, as well. Yeah, he's he's right. kind of moved all around. I think he's really enjoyed um, getting to learn the positions. And I think as a big, strong, uh, competitive dude who can handle the bat, he's smart enough to know that's what he's going to be in the big leagues. Um, assuming he does make it. And in pro ball, he's going to have to prove that he's an offensive threat. And again, he's athletic enough. They'll find him a spot. So the more he's familiar with all those spots on the field, the smoother the transition it'll be, the more valuable he becomes to teams on draft day. And then ultimately, I'll just say it, it's been surprising to me how welcoming he's been to just put me wherever. He knows he's going to be in the lineup. We don't necessarily know what our best combination is right now of a lot of different spots and who the DH is and who maybe can play this spot. So he just kind of opens up more opportunities for us if we do want to put him at left or second or if we pinch run for a guy and slide him to shortstop. Um, there's a variety of circumstances, and, and I feel good about it. Talking with Tony Vitello this afternoon. Coach, last thing for you here from me, uh, what about the stadium renovations? I keep seeing <laughs> these pictures online of the progress down the third baseline. How excited are you to – coaching a series where the stands are packed and the stadium's almost completely closed in this year really excited but it almost kind of seems like fantasy to get to that spot right now it's more just you know a, a pleasure to come to work and look outside that window um all of us look directly towards the field but the biggest background we have is that left field side because we're on the right field side and it's full it's a true stadium um and it's also literal concrete um, that guys like Will Heflin, Pete Durke, Evan Russell, um, their blood, sweat, and tears is mm -hmm. really the foundation underneath that concrete, if that even makes sense. But I think you know what I'm getting at. Um, so right now, that's kind of the pleasing part. But when that stadium is full, because they've sold those seats, and, and they will have those seats ready to go for opening day here, um, it's going to be interesting to see how it looks, how it sounds, and also how it helps us. Yeah, I mean, it's. I can't imagine that. I mean, it's not going to sound quieter. It's going to. It's no. going to sound pretty cool. Right. No. No. No doubt. And I think it'll. Again, I think we're in a different spot in our league. We we want to do so much more, and we've made plenty of mistakes along the way. But I think we want to be a program that is considered supposed to be in the top twenty-five. We're supposed to get top fifteen recruiting classes. We're supposed to lead the country in attendance and have one of the best facilities and. So we're, we're just pushing forward as best as we can. And the cool thing with, a, with it seems like every single day there's five or six more people that wear orange across the country that kind of jump on board and make it easier for us to do that. Outstanding. Well, Coach, we can't wait to watch you guys. What are we, about 35 days away, something like that, in Dallas? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked today. It's almost kind of like you're training for a fight, a boxing match, or whatever it might be you got five, six weeks where you, you got to bear down and prepare for opening day because 
we'll be playing primetime down there in Dallas, you know, literally where the World Series champs uh, play their home games, and we'll be playing against three of the best programs in the country. So uh, this next five, five or six weeks needs to be taken as serious as possible for us. A lot of Vols down there in the Metroplex, too. I'd imagine they'll represent. No doubt. I've heard from a lot of them, and, and there's a lot of people that are going to travel as well. I'm excited to see if we can kind of show our force in the stands more than any program that's down there. Well, Coach, we're looking forward to it, my man. Great to hear from you, and good luck as you continue with your preparations for the season. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Tony Vitello on the drive there. Interesting stuff. Fired up about the season. Fired up about SEMO. Just me psychoanalyzing Coach a little bit. It seems like he is – not that he was in a bad place last year, right? I mean, we went to the College World Series. But – it, it seems like he's a little more just comfortable. Yeah, I mean he be he been on a they've been grinding over there for a solid. I mean they since post COVID, you know twenty one twenty two and then this past season, they've been going pretty much yeah. burning it at every end and in the middle too. And well, he doesn't just go home and sit around. He's been to Brazil, Mexico a couple of times, Ireland, England. No, just all over the place. Had to recharge his batteries, man. Yeah. Well, I hope they're charged up. Big well, yeah. year, big year. We and we got some people. We got we got to pay a little revenge too, as well. Yeah, you this think? year. Yeah, yeah, we got some scores to settle. Stay with us. The drive continues. Uh, bombshell news broke half an hour ago. If you're just joining us, Nick Saban retiring at Alabama. It is true. It is finally happening. Uh, we will reset that for you when we continue next, right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues. Tony Vitello, Bear, what did you learn? Uh, was happy to hear about um, SEMO. Learning all those, you know, just knowing that, because, like, we've talked, and it's been a, since the last offseason, you know, where is he going to land? And... I felt reassured that we're gonna the bat's gonna be in the lineup. He may just you know he's gonna play in the field where wherever. He yeah, he's um, kind of hard to pin down on I, that too. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> not trying to tell coach how to do his job. Probably a good I, idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about this rotating this uh, shortstop by committee business. All he said the only thing about I thought about that was like if he brings stop, in right? a pitch, you know, a pinch runner. A, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I like that Antigua kid. That game we saw up at Smokies Park, like he was, he was he, impressive. He flashed for sure. So uh, didn't get into the Zane Denton stuff. I, I don't know what. I, I just don't know what the story is. I don't there, think there's but, anything for him to say right now. Yeah. So. Well, I, I don't know if there. I mean, if Amick's playing third and Simo's at second, then I, I don't know where Denton would. Um, uh, and it's, it sounds insane to say that, or a guy who was such an integral part of the team and had so many big home runs last year. Like, where would you put him? I guess you'd find a spot, but. Who's DH in this year? Ooh. That's, I taste, mean, I, that's a tasty thought. I mean, I think Tears, Bargo involved there. Uh, maybe Might Reese Chapman. On the, on the matchup with, with whatever pitcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
This first time ever, I'm about to say, I wish we had another hour to talk, break down this in this Nick Saban stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, we, well, we got a we got a hit on that man. That's the big news of the day. It's big news of the week, and one of the bigger stories of the year. Shockwaves. Coaching icon. You knew it was going to happen some point. I just didn't think it was going to be today. <laughs> we were not ready for it. No. Yeah, you you thought that when when that happens, it might be like a slow leak. Hey, we're hearing rumblings out of. And that maybe that goes on for a week or two, and maybe even an entire year of that. Well, and you saw it, but you've, you've seen it every year for the yeah. past five years. There was nothing new or like, oh, this might actually be true this time. It was the same old stuff. He apparently, nobody knew about it, and he apparently told Chris Lowe, nobody else. I did think it was weird. The SEC Network, after they lost to Michigan, all those guys were saying this was the best job he's done at Alabama. Well, if you go back and watch his post-game press conference in that game, he was very – like you kind of – if you were yeah. reading the tea leaves there. Much more positive and absolute than he has been at, that, at It was the point. first time where I'd seen him almost satisfied with the season that didn't end with the championship yeah, yeah. because of how well – how much improvement they made throughout the year. What's he going to do? The commissioner of Bazaar, yeah. he may be. Dude, man, TV life, those guys, that's not that's not a bad deal. Yeah. To watch all the games, still be on TV, still talking about football. Everybody's going to defer. He's Coach Saban. Do a lot of traveling, giving speeches, motivational stuff like that. I can't believe it. the one name that we did not mention is the one name that's immediately garnering the most traction. You know, we immediately went to. Kiffin. Uh, Kiffin mm-hmm. and uh, Dabo. Got... But Land Danning of Oregon mm-hmm. is getting a lot of buzz early. And obviously, that I mean, they can't have really begun their search. I'm sure an athletics director, as Mike Hamilton famously said, you always have a list in your desk. Maybe not literally, but I'm sure that uh, who is the AD down there? I don't know. Greg Byrne. Greg Byrne. I'm, I'm sure he has like a couple of names in the top of his mind. It's like, hey, if this ever happened, these are kind of the first names on my list. But I'm sure they'll do their due diligence and everything. But I would imagine Lanning would be pretty prominently in the mix there. Yeah. It's going to be a wild. I mean, between this, the Titans, I mean – all hell is broken loose this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean we Houston getting married. Houston coming on the show. Houston going on his honeymoon. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like you know. We're... Is is Dan Landing? Has he done enough? I mean, I realize he's a hot name. Is he up and comer? He was only at Alabama for Probably one year. Not, but as who a... has? <laughs> well. And he, he and Kiffin seem like the two guys who they're not going to be bothered by the prestige of following Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Like, can they match? I, I don't think their egos would would halt them from doing that like some. But I, I wonder if that would... Defensive guy, he was on the Alabama staff as a GA in 2015. Right, right. He was with Kirby, a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. on some big-time Georgia teams that won national titles. And now he's he's had... Um, three year, two years at at Oregon. Yeah, two year, two years as a head coach at Oregon. Where he's gone twenty two and five. I mean, yeah, back to back conference championships. About Mark Stoops, maybe or, or did they win the conference? Then? No, they Washington won it. Washington won this year. 
remember if he And then Utah year. the year before. Oh, so he hasn't so won. So no, maybe he's he hasn't. Done, maybe he hasn't done enough, Houston. But now, if they let's just hypothetically, if they went and got Dabo, that that could have number one. Dabo doesn't scare me. He's he a rocket. No, no. <laughs> and the added benefit of I think as soon as Dabo leaves, it wouldn't surprise me if Clemson just slides. Oh, off the away. Map Absolutely. Oblivion. Absolutely. Mario Cristobal is not in this conversation, Hell is he? Hell no. I mean, he he was He's, their O line coach for. a a couple of years on those championship teams like what he he was thought of as, as perhaps a successor to the throne someday but he put too much film out there on how, how he's, <laughs> he's not very not good. exactly nah, if he wanted to do that he should, have, he should have stayed at bama or he should have stayed at oregon and yeah. just winning up there and then like if just if, rack up wins in the pac-12 yeah. Apparently, Sportsline's already made odds. <laughs> of course, they have. Uh, Dabo Swinney, Kirby Smart comes in at five to one. Lincoln Riley five to one. I don't get this one at all. Mark D'Antonio at five to one. That's what? weird. Jeremy yeah. Pruitt six to one. That ain't happening. <laughs> Do there's, it. There's no way Kirby Smart's leaving. Do his, it. Leaving his alma mater. That would be weird. I don't know how Georgia fans would react to that. Don't see it happening. That would have been like Johnny Majors or Fulmer leaving here for Alabama. That's not going to happen. Wow. Well, I, I apologize. We got, we've got we got a full bank here, and we simply don't have time to get all to all these callers, so we'll just take them in order here. Uh, TJ, the Kentucky fan, is next. Hello, TJ. TJ. Hey, what's up? Guys, what? you say it won't happen, but Rick Pitino left Kentucky and then ended up in Louisville. Mm. So it could happen. Uh, real quick, I saw last night on X, Twitter, whatever you call it, Tennessee fans, you know, hey, when is Tennessee basketball be, being considered a blue blood? It just came out now, 75 years that the AP poll has been uh, in in play. Kentucky leads at number one. I think North Carolina is number two. Duke's three. Louisville was like six. So my question to you is, what does it take for a team to be blue blood? status in basketball villanova louisville tennessee getting there what does it take um i i don't know for for tennessee to become a blue blood in basketball titles yeah we'd have to win we'd have multiple final fours multiple championships yeah you gotta hang banners the big ones that's not we gave up on being a blue blood for some reason back in the 70s yeah that's not just not on our radar Y'all have a goal, man. Thank you. You too. I mean, I, I hate like we got to get. I don't know. Is that wrong? Like we, you got to get one first before we're even in that conversation. I mean, I'd say you have to have four. Yeah, we're a we're a coulda shoulda been a blue blood. We never embraced it. We chased football glory. But we're one of the more successful. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, TJ. A... I, I can't. I can't process basketball talk right now. Uh, Saban just retired. All this breaking news. The that's world going is on. crumbling around us. Vitello's moving Simo back to second. He's been. I guess all we over do the, have Michigan State tonight. Mississippi State. Tonight. I don't even know who we're playing. <laughs> My world's been rocked. I do that all the time with the MSU's. All the time. So many of them. <laughs> and we got to get this. And we got to get Zay Lance. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, can we just continue to call him Zay Lance? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah, unless he don't come here, then he's Mama just calls him Zaylance. Then he just doesn't exist in our brains anymore. 
Well, I mean, is what does this do to Alabama's roster and just the five stars galore? Well, I don't know there. if this is true. I just got a DM that said their transfer window, which I believe is is closed for those who aren't already in it, since their coach leaves, uh, Alabama players can transfer for an additional 30 days starting today. <sighs> Time to go shopping. <laughs> I mean – like, but no kidding. Somebody call Spire. Tell them to get the jet fuel. Like Vikings on a long ship raiding the Alabama ah! roster. Ah! Marauders. Some juniors who made the trip their freshman year thinking, I'd like to play in that place for the home team. Hmm? Yep. Be on the winning side for nice. the next 10, 15 years maybe? Roberto, we got about a minute. Go ahead. <laughs> the king is dead. The evil empire is over. Oh, the king is dead. Is such a great day Long to be alive and king. well. The witch. I more associate him with the wicked witch of the west. You can call him whatever the hell you want. He's dead, and that's beautiful. See ya. He's getting up the coach of the Titans, by the way. That's what's about to happen. That's who you got tired. You fired Vrabel to bring in Nick Saban. Congrats, guys. You're, 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 you might be a for real franchise. God only knows. Um, and guys, it's just a great day. Uh, I, I just, I'm elated. And I, here's the deal, guys. You're, 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 you're glancing over. You're talking about Land Danning, and you're talking about Kirby, and you're talking all these. They're not leaving. They're not leaving. Alabama already has a guy who's been an SEC coach, head coach, on their staff. They should just hire from within. <laughs> I mean, it's his dream job. <laughs> what is he what talking about? Uh, Doolander? Derek Dooley. Doolander, yes. They should just oh hire from God. within. He's ready to go. He's been there for years. He knows the systems. He's clearly an excellent recruiting coordinator. Well, I mean, Kevin Guys, Steele just retired. Just he was also within. a head coach here at Tennessee. That too. The man of steel is there. But he's retired. You got Botch. I mean, Botch is ready. Butch Jones is ass. Thank you, Roberto. Appreciate it. Boys. What a day. Wow. Guess we'll do it again tomorrow. For Bear, Houston, Tucker, I'm Russell Smith. Voluntary reaction after the ball game tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow, 3 p.m. right here on Fan Run Radio. The Drive.